Lord, I, we just want to thank you for your love and your goodness and your kindness this morning. God, Lord, we pray that as we all just gather in this room, Lord, I pray, help us to not forget. Help us to not just go with the motion and the flow of what is familiar, oh God, Lord, but you help us to just be present here right now. Lord, I pray, oh God, Lord, you speak to every heart that's in this room. Lord, we pray for the person that is burning, oh God, Lord, and just wanting to meet with you. And God, we want to pray for the people as well who feel like their fire's kind of out, they're a little bit tired and distant, oh God, Lord. Lord, I pray that you remind them that you are here and that you will meet with them in Jesus' name. So Lord, I pray, speak to every heart and do everything you desire to do. Let your word go forth in Jesus' name. And Lord, refresh and revive our hearts. Help us to hear, open our ears to hear, open our ears to hear. Help us not to miss the point, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We need you, God. 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 We need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And worthy is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your, just one last time, worthy is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your name, worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise, worthy is your name. We're here for you, Lord, worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. You deserve all praise. We thank you. We love you so much. Help us, God. Help us, help us, help us meet with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm really excited to bring the word this morning. I'm going to be a little bit muted at times or I'll be a little bit out of breath. I just recovered from COVID uh, and I was out on Thursday, Friday. So I was telling Yaoi this morning, I said, hey, I don't know if I'm going to drop no, I'm not going to drop, but I might, I might have to retire and he has to come up and, and finish the rest of the session. Uh, but I'm really excited to, to share this morning. Uh, there's been a word that's really been on my heart and just something that I've really been praying and, and mulling over. One of the things I always do is always lean in and say, Lord, what is on your heart? What is it that you're doing? What are you doing in this season? What are you doing next year? What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing next week? What are you, Lord, what is it that you're up to? And yes, I know, I know that the scripture tells us all the things that he is doing, all the things he's done, all the things he's about to do. But I recognize that the Lord, you know, in every different season or different moments, the Lord is maybe highlighting certain things or just bringing to remembrance some things. And this is a message and something that's been on my heart um, that I feel like the Lord is just doing in, 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 in the land and in the nation. Um, 
one of the things as I was praying, the Lord says, I am doing a new thing, I'm doing a new thing. And the Lord is not always like, oh, I mean, He's always doing new things. But it's important for us to catch His heart. It says, Lord, in this season, how can I walk with you? Because there is great delight. It is not about doing the Christian thing. There is great delight, right, when your sons, right, walk and they understand the Father's heart and they live out the Father's heart. I was talking to a couple of people this week and we're talking about what it looks like to have a father and what it looks like for that relationship to mature. And for most of us, when we are young, when we are still trying to figure out whether our father is a good father, right? When we ask our dad, Lord, if you give me this PlayStation, I promise you I will score A's for all my exams. And he doesn't give you that PlayStation. You go, do you even love me, right? And you're trying to figure out, is my father a good father? And then as you grow up, you, you will begin and you may begin to realize, actually my father's a good father and you begin to learn to obey and to trust and to submit to the Father. And that's the second stage where you're no longer always wrestling. Anybody of you always, when you ask the Lord, right, you always go, God, give me a sign. I am the guy, right, that will ask for 10 signs. And I'm not even exaggerating. Every time I ask the Lord about something, right, I go, Lord, you must give me 10 signs. And the Lord is very good. He'll give me all the way, 7, 8, and the, and the, the signs are very real. I'll say, Lord, if you really want me to, be, to do this right, this person will call me right now and meet me at McDonald's at Tampines West right now. And I kid you not, the person calls me right now and says, Isaac, I'm at Tampines West and I need to meet you. And then I'll say, okay, Lord, but I asked for 10 signs, two more signs to go. And some of us, we laugh, right? Some of us, we laugh and say, you know, I asked for God for a sign. And then he, you know, show me, show me, show me. And then at some point, the son grows and matures into adulthood when the son understands the father's heart and he no longer needs to, give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign. He goes, I know my father's heart. I know what he's about. He's about love. He's about honesty. He's about all these things. And then the son just lives out the father's heart. And the son grows up. He goes and buys back food home. You know, and the father never asks for food, but he buys because he understands the father loves the home and cares for the home. And similarly for all of us, as we walk with the Lord, some of us in some areas of our life, we are trying to still understand and trust in God's goodness over the situation. Some of us have already understood his goodness and his faithfulness, and we have are just obeying and submitting. And some of us, the Lord is inviting us to say, I don't want you to just submit and obey to my heart. I want you to be and to carry my heart. And there is a beauty. There is a beauty when you understand the Father's heart. And it's not about Christian behavior. There is a fullness when the Father and the Son has a sweet relationship. Not every son who has a father enjoys the relationship because it's not in the labels or in the name. It's in the relationship. How is your relationship with the father? In this season, I really felt the Lord says, Isaac, I want you to be even more sensitive to my heart, even more sensitive to my voice. I'm somebody that will look at things and I'll see patterns really fast. I'll see strategies. I'll see ideas and I'll catch things. Hey, this is kind of things where I hate it and all that. And one of the things that really catch my heart is social media. And once I'm on social media, I'm like, ah, this is where society said it's narrative. And, I, and then recently, about a week and a half ago, I really felt the Lord says, Isaac, would you go away and just get off social media and all that? And some of the older people are like, yes! That is from the Lord, right? And then some of you younger ones are like, you're such a boomer. Um, 
But as I was praying and sensing, I really felt the Lord says, Isaac, I want you to trust me, that I want you to lean to my movement and my waves and not what everyone else is saying and doing. And for me, it's incredibly hard also because I run a company where we do social media work, where I need to know what's happening in the social media space. And so if my clients are here today, you might want to quit on me today. Um, but I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm just going to get away from social media, just deactivate everything. And Lord, I want to hear your heart. Because in life, it's so easy to be distracted. One of the worship songs that I've been singing this week is this song called Running in Circles. And the chorus is, to tell you I love you, to tell you I need you, to tell you there's no better place than in your arms, to tell you I'm sorry for running in circles, for fixing my eyes on the waves, not on your face. And so often in our life, it's so easy to be focused on waves. And the waves, of course, the first and most obvious waves are the waves of calamity and troubles in our life, the storms that we just cannot catch a break or breath from. And those things often distract us and we're like, oh, holding on. But there's also another kind of wave that is incredibly distracting and it's the wave of success and the wave of everything is going fine. It's so easy to just go with the momentum of how everything is going and just flow with it and go, haha, the hand of the Lord is on this because I feel a sense of peace. But I believe in this season, the Lord's really asking all of us, says, I want you to be more alert. I want you to be sensitive to my heart in all of your days and all of your life. Will you just be present and catch my heart for you and hear my heart and not just run with the waves of troubles or the waves of success, but be so present in our faith to say, God, I want to make room and time to hear your voice and to see you. One of the things as I was praying and sensing, and I, 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 I've been noticing, and I really feel it, I know it's a word that scares many people. Okay, it's not COVID. It's a word that we hear this in church a lot, and when we hear that, we go, shh, don't say that word. If you say it, then we must believe, then we might get disappointed. Don't say that word. You know what that word is? It starts with R, revival. Ah, I see some of you already, oh, okay, lah. not my sermon for me, these people and their pastors and all their revival. And a lot of times when we, we look at these Christian terms and terminology and we, we begin to become so disconnected, it's not because there's a disconnection to it, but we have really removed God's heartbeat for it. And why I say that is as I was praying, I really felt the Lord says, Isaac, I want to I I refresh and awaken the hearts of my people and I want there to be a revival in the hearts. When we say the word revival, we always just think about the nation. We think about the institution. We think about the organization and the church. But the Lord is not in love with a building. The Lord is not in love with the dirt in Singapore. The Lord is not in love with the word Singapore. He's in love with His people. And the heartbeat and the heart of revival is our hearts. And He's saying, I want there to be such an awakening and a refreshing in our hearts. And the Lord wants to do that. And one of the things I think that's really interesting is as I look through, normally when a church starts a program, I go, oh, that's cool. Another church starts a sim program, I go, that's cool. But when many churches start to do a similar thing, I look out and I go, this is more than just a good idea. Because if you've done church work long enough, you know it's very hard to get many churches on board for the same thing. But every church seems to be doing this thing, and it's this thing called Revival Nights. And I think it's interesting. All of a sudden, if you go and use social media... You go check out Awaken Gen, Poly, Revival, uh, 316 Church, Planet Shakers Church, 
uh, this other chapel, Cornerstone, has revival nights. We're safe, right? Everybody's doing these things called revival nights. And I go, it's so hard to get everybody on the same page. And somehow, everybody's on these things called revival nights. And as someone that's long in in the Christian world, so easy to discount, ah, it's a moment. But I say, be careful for all of us who we think in our own wisdom and experience to begin to weigh on something without really seeking the Lord and says, Lord, what is it that you're up to? And as I was praying, the Lord put on this uh, scripture in my heart, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 to 19, and I'm going to quickly read that. I'm going to be breathless because of a blink of it. Okay. Isaiah 43, verse 16 to 19, it says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And what I want us to focus on are three things here. The first thing the Lord is saying, I am the God of the impossible. I've done all these things, but I don't want you to just remember the things of the past. I don't want you to just remember old victories and also, listen close, past failures. There are some situations and some things in our lives that we've just been going over and over the same thing that you have prayed and cried out and you've cried your heart out and you have not seen that road through or that breakthrough and you're just kind of like just going through the motion and not really seeking or submitting this to the Lord. Forget the old victories. Forget and don't recall and don't hold on to the past failures. But behold, I am doing a new thing. And I love this chapter because it says, right, it's not you. You are not orchestrating it. You are not the one designing and like, ha-ha, this is the formula for that breakthrough, renewal, and revival. Because we as Singaporeans, we love to always be part of that equation. Like, ha-ha, I will find the solution. Ha, you know, actually, right, I I mean, I don't want to say lah, but actually the last few weeks I've been praying for you. Oh, hey, thank you. Yes, but it's not you. It's not you. It says, I, he will make the road through the desert. It's not you. All he needs is your desert self. The self that has cried for years, God, where are you? I have completely dried my tears and my weeping and I am but a desert. He's looking for deserts. That's your part. That you will come and say, Lord, this is me, you know. You know I've been praying and I've been waiting and I've been asking. And some of us will see incredible breakthrough and some of us, and we're just talking, Yaoi, we're talking about how there are some things that the Lord will not eliminate the need, but the Lord will show you how to walk with Him through the entire need. And that's what the verse is. He will create a road through the desert. Sun might turn into spring, but some of us, the desert will be there, but there will be a way through it. And it says, I will make a way through the desert. I will cause rivers in the Bedouins. Behold, and another version says, be alert. Be present. I am doing a new thing. One of the things I think that is really that wrestle with faith, it's not about waking up early on Sunday mornings, though some of us wrestle with that. Even though this is an 11 a.m. session, 
It's not about like, oh, this person, that person. Sometimes the, one of the biggest wrestle with us in the faith is to say, Lord, I still believe. Lord, I still believe. The day I said the sinner's prayer, the day I held on to you, the day I said, Lord, you are a good God. Lord, you hear our prayers. That's really a lot of the battle. It's not about what clothes or what shirt to wear on Sunday morning or whether I can sit strategically to the person that I really like so that maybe I can get into a date. The real wrestle is this. God, help me in every waking moment of my life to live with such intimacy and belief through and in all things. And for all of us who grew up in church and as we adult, it's so important that we do not lose that heart and belief. And it is not hype. It is not youthful folly. It's called childlike faith. It's not called entertainment. It's called that the word would go forth, that it does something in our hearts, that we don't sit here and go, oh, let's just see how this session goes. But we, in anticipation, every moment, God, behold, you are always doing a new thing. And I really feel like that, that's the word the Lord wants to speak to us. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Be alert and be present. And as I prayed, there were three things that the Lord really put in my heart that I feel He's inviting us. And He's inviting us as a people in Singapore. He's inviting all of us here this morning. And if you're here, I really believe it's by no coincidence or chance. It's first of all discipline and routine. And then there's intentionality with the Lord wanting to meet with you. The, uh, 1 John chapter 2, and I want to quickly read this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 says this, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. Verse 13, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. Verse 14, I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. And this is a chapter that the Lord has really been putting on my heart last week because I've been sitting on and meditating and praying on First John chapter 1 and First John chapter 2. And, and the Lord's just, uh, uh, just putting on my heart, says, Isaac, I want you to talk about three groups of people. And as John was, was sharing and, and sharing these verses and, and talking about little children, fathers, and young men, he was not specifically calling out an age group, but spiritual states or states of people. And this morning, I want to quickly talk about three states that are potentially in our life, and they're not just you only holding on to one state, all of us in our lives, there are some things we are little children about, there are some things we are young men about, and there are some things that we are fathers about. And this morning, I feel like the Lord's asking you personally, and this is not so that corporate revival breaks out. Once again, don't miss the heartbeat, which is God is here for the individual person and heart, and He's saying, I want to do a new thing in your heart. And three things He's asking for, radical repentance, radical obedience, and radical hospitality. The first thing is radical repentance. And that's the little children. It says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. And fundamentally, the most important thing, a baseline for all of us is be able to understand that the Lord has sent his son to die on the cross for us, to recognize that we are sinners and to come to him and says, God, I need you, Lord, every single day, I need you. And some of us, as we hear you go, Isaac, let's jump to the young men. Let's jump to the old men. I know Jesus paid the price on the cross for me. I know that I'm forgiven. And I go, hold your horses. 
there are some things in our life that we have stopped really submitting to the Lord and repenting over. A couple of weeks ago, I shared that in today's society and culture, we are so quick to find blame with everybody in every situation. We're finding non-stop labels to label our situation and go, ha, huh, this, that, toxic culture, and we want to blame and point and label everything then put ourselves and says, we need to be held accountable. Even when things that we didn't do anything wrong, but someone may have cheated, someone might have said something, and we go, but Isaac, you see, can you clearly see it's not my fault? And I go, well, brother, actually, it might be stop gaslighting me. No, stop! That we come before and says, I recognize, Lord, that I am a sinner and I must be accountable. God, I want to live in a manner that every single day I'm repenting to say, God, your way, not mine. Repentance is not just acknowledging that we have done wrong. Repentance saying, I turn away from this sin or this wrong. I walk in the light and I pursue him. And Acts 26 verse 20 talks about doing works befitting of repentance. Verses before this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, This is the message which, have, which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, this is a situation that's being painted that it is possible. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, but we walk in darkness, we lie and do not, not know, not believe, we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. As I pray, I really, I felt the Lord is asking all of us to really look at what it means that radical repentance, which is this, would we make room and time every single day to say, God, I need to behold you. I need to submit and surrender things in my life that maybe I've stopped praying, believing, or I just really need to ask, Lord, your way, your will, your light, not mine. As I was praying for this point, I saw uh, just a, a, a picture of, of, of these little candles um, that's all over, and all of us have all these different candles in our lives and all that. And there were some candles that were lit and some candles that were not. <laughs> oh, one second. You see, I'm not expert, which is not a bad thing. Okay. And some of us have these candles in our, in our lives, in our rooms, and some of them are lit, some of them are not lit. And there's some areas in our lives that we have removed and not allowed God to move and minister in anymore. We have justified a circumstance. We have justified a way of life. We have justified certain things. And it is just devoid of God. And sometimes it's not whether it's right or wrong. But Isaac, I'm doing nothing wrong. It's not. The Lord wants to be a part of all of our lives. We bring everything, every part of our lives before the Lord and says, Lord, I want you in this. And I saw that some of us, 
we are still able to navigate. You go, well, Isaac, I'm not really having a trouble with this. Right? Because for most of us, our relationship with God, He is the fixer. I only involve in, in my life that things are broken. That's not a father. That's just you with a genie that goes, now fix this, now do that. He's an errand boy and a butler. But when you are in relationship with a father, you're saying, God, I want to know your heart and your leadership over this. And there are some things in our lives that while we can still go on with it, it is devoid of God. And you go, well, I must be walking in the light. That's not true. For some of us, because we've prayed over it before or because we're so familiar with the routine, if today right now, and you've been in this church before and in this building before, if we off all the lights and you cannot see, most of us will still be able to hit out the exit and still be able to feel our way around because our experience and our knowledge of this entire place allows us to still navigate and get by. But the Lord is saying, I don't want that. Forget the former things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Would you walk in the light, practice the truth, and would you return to these areas in your life that you have begun to stop praying over, allowing God to be in and says, Lord, I need you. And you don't need to have the answers. You don't need to have this five-year plan. You don't need to know what to do. You just need to come with a heart of repentance and says, God, help me. Because I sin, because I don't see things always accurately, I have my agenda, I have my pride, I have whatever that I have that looks at things in a certain way. God, forgive me and God, help me to see as you see with family, with work, with ministry, with leadership, with plans, with dreams, with strategies, with love. God, help me, God. Reveal to me. This morning, I really feel like the Lord is reminding some of us areas in our lives that we have kind of no longer invited Him in. And He's saying, I'm finding I'm looking for people that will radically come into this place of repentance where the world wants to blame everything all the time. It's everybody's fault. To say, Lord, I have to be held accountable too. So I come before you, God, forgive me and help me to see it your way. And that's the new thing he wants to do. Quickly, the second thing is to the young men. And the young men are the people, and it says here, I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked. You know, and this is about really knowing the word of God and radical obedience. I want to quickly just say this. One of, the favorite, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is John chapter 15. And a lot of us love this verse because it says, right, I abide in you and you in me and you will bear much fruit. And a lot of us love this verse. We go, yes, I will bear a lot of fruit. But some of us go, Isaac, I have been abiding in him. I turn up for services. I go for prayer meetings. I go for this. I go for that. When I hear, right, there's like the presence of God in this place, I will run. I will leave everything and I will sit there and kneel then and just honor and love the presence of God. I will abide in him. But the verse then says, if you abide in him, you will bear much fruit. If you abide in him and he in you, you will bear much fruit. Radical obedience, this doesn't mean turning up to a place. Radical obedience means you abide in him and he in you. And this morning, I want to ask you that while we make room and time to sit in his courts, while we make room and time to read the word, while we make room and time to attend all these things where his presence is at and we abide in it, do we let him abide in us? Does the word of God abide in us and take root in our lives? 
or do at most of these meetings and most of these encounters is just kind of going all over and we're just there. But we're not letting the word take root in our lives. Because when you do that, you will bear much fruit. I ask you this morning, all of you just think in the last five years, what was one verse in the Bible, one scripture in the Bible, one verse that you go, this really has really shaped and transformed how I see certain things. One verse that you held on to and you prayed and you pined and you longed and today you know that verse and it doesn't matter what everybody else says about a situation or thing, that is the verse that you go, yes, Lord, I find that peace. And it may not have resulted in huge worldly fruit, but you know there's this internal peace and strength as you hold on to that scripture. That is the word of God that you've allowed to abide in you. But as you scrummage through your head and as you search, are these only one or two and too little in between? Have we somehow stopped at the moment where it's always of a former day? I believe the Lord is saying this morning, I want to birth new things. There are scriptures and words that I don't want you to just hear and go, that's nice. Oh, wait, I love that verse. Let me find the Hebrew translation and tattoo on my arm. No! It's not I abide in Him and I put it on my skin and we will bear much fruit. It's I abide in Him and He in me, in my heart. Lord, let the Word take root in my heart. And intimacy with the Lord is not just about finding time and making time. It's also about having strength to do it. Quiet time can really be one of the most tiring times. And if you're not prepared for it, you're just there to go through that behavioral process. But quiet time looks like, God, what area in my life? What are these words and these verses? Lord, I need you to take root. It looks like pacing. It looks like walking. It looks like groaning. And I believe the Lord is asking all of us in this room, I want to do a new thing. Would you radically obey and would you not just make room for you to dwell in my presence? Would you make room for me to dwell in your heart? What are these things? And if you go, I don't know where to start, go back to point one about radical repentance. Lord, what are areas in my life, Lord, that I've just stopped having you involved in? Not as a fixer, but as a father. Your leadership. Your leadership. Your leadership. And I just want to reiterate this. It's so easy for us to go with the motion and the waves of success and whatever else society is throwing. Go, ha, let me try to start my own new thing. And I said, I think it's important for us that while that's possible, would you take time to say, God, I want to know what you say and what you think. Radical repentance, radical obedience. And the last thing is radical hospitality. The last point says about fathers, I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young. Uh, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. You know, um, in First John chapter two, just before this, in verse nine, it says, "He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness." and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. 
In First John chapter 1 and 2, three things were, were, were said. The first thing was about recognizing that we have sinned. The second thing I didn't read out just now, but First John chapter 2, verse 3, talks about keeping His commandment and His word in our hearts. And the last portion is about loving our brothers, loving our sisters, loving other people. And as I was praying just about like what the Lord's doing in the land and in our hearts and our people, he talked about radical repentance, radical obedience. And the other word that I really feel so strongly that I really feel the Lord's really challenging us is radical hospitality. What does it look like to love unconditionally? What does it look like to have our hearts open, to be soft and tender, not just to Him, but to be able to be a blessing and to love other people not through all the same missions program in this church, but where he has placed you with your skill set and your gift. What does radical hospitality look like? When we read the scripture about how Jesus goes with the Samaritan woman and hangs out with the prostitutes and love these sinners, we go, that is so wild. And it's even more wild in the past because nobody did that except him. Now we have someone that paved the way. So if I wanted to do that, they say, well, Isaac, I'm not too sure. Well, Jesus did it. Okay, very good. What does it look like in our time for radical hospitality? In those days, I just was thinking like when they, when they loved and they loved like just unconditionally, I go, actually, it's quite scary when it says be nice to a stranger. Today, we're already so a little bit apprehensive with strangers, but will you invite a stranger to your house? Well, some of us, you go, never mind. I got a phone, ma. If anything happened, I can call. If anything happened, I can post. And then I get $50 from China News Asia. And then I also can, you know, sue them and blah, 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 blah. And we have all these infrastructure, in a sense, to help us keep us safe. But can you imagine at that time, there isn't any of that. And you should be weary of strangers. You allow a stranger to your home with no safety net. And in our time, it's easy to bring people, invite people, hang out with people at cafes, talk to people. You see someone in church, oh, hello, brother. Hey, hello, sister. I love you, brother. But the one that is the most guarded is not our homes or the seats or the cafe hangs out. The one that's most guarded is our hearts. And a lot of us know how to make room for people with time and conversation over tables and work things. But what does it look like for us to make room in our hearts, to let our guard down? And what does it mean to love radically without expecting anything in return? Without putting a marker that says you need to get your stuff together within five years. To radically love what sections and factions of society in our place today that the Lord is saying, I need you to radically love that it may amount to nothing for your personal good or gain. But because you follow not the ways of the world, not how people should love with all these different boundaries, which is healthy, but before you take leadership of the world's ideology and teaching, we say, Lord, what is your heart over this matter? How can I radically love and be radically hospitable? I'm just going to get the band up and we're going to close in just a bit this morning I really felt just three simple messages that I, I, I pray that you would go home and you'll take some time to just sit on this and says Lord if, if it's true right if it's true that you're really doing a new thing and, and I pray this morning let us not just dwell in him and abide in him can we allow him to abide in us would you leave this room 
just asking God, what is it that you're putting, you're really birthing in my heart? What about this message and this word? What is that new thing that you're doing in my heart? The next time I'm telling you, you're going to hear this word a lot more often in the next year, the word revival. And please don't check out. Don't go, ha, it's just a corporate program. It's not, my friend. Lean into the heart of God. And says, God, please do a renewed work in my heart and my life. What about today, oh God, that you're speaking to me about radical repentance? Everyone just close your eyes right now. I want you to think about what areas in your life that the candle has kind of been out. Areas in your life that you've just stopped praying over and just stopped believing with God and just having His leadership. And it's not about fixing it. It's not about whether it's right or wrong. It's like, God, I want you involved in all areas of my life. What are areas this morning that you need to repent? And for some of us, would you just wake up every day and say, God, before I rush into things, Lord, I just want to take time. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me with my mind. Help me with my heart. Help me with my work, my friendships, my relationships, my dreams. Help me, God. What areas in your life is the Lord reminding you of about radical repentance? Be alert and present. Second thing quickly is what areas in your life Think about the verses that really have spoken to you in the last five years that really like, you know, just deepen. What are areas in your life the Lord's just asking you to radically obey in, radically obey in, to begin to find some of these verses and truths that He has maybe already brought to your remembrance. That He's saying, would you take deeper root? Would you take deeper root? Don't be distracted by the desert. Don't be distracted by the success. Don't be distracted by what everybody's doing. What am I doing with you? What am I doing with you? And lastly, the Lord's asking us about our hearts. Will we be a people that will love so radically? You just rise to your feet. I'm just going to pray. We're going to head out in just a bit. Yes, Lord. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.